0: Burned down last year on the Santa Cruz Mountains fires. Whole area where I live, you know, 97% of the forest burned down, 300 houses burned down, and someone told me climate change came and knocked on my door, right, and say, "Hey, I'm here. What are you gonna do about it?" Right, and not that I needed any more motivation because I was already building pachama, but this made it very, very personal. Yeah.
1: I'm happy to welcome Diego seis here to the Sit Down Startup Podcast. Diego, thanks for joining us.
0: It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah. So the first question we always like to ask is, uh, what's your favorite coffee shop drink? It's something we ask in all of our uh, podcasts.
0: I actually like a uh, black coffee. I'm a simple oh, guy.
1: Straight up, straight up, huh? I, I, I kind of mix it up lately. I've been more of a, a latte person, but I've known I've been known to get the uh, the occasional caramel macchiato over at Starbucks. Cool.
0: <laughs> well, when I have the opportunity, I actually drink mate, which is uh, the drink that we drink in Argentina, yerba mate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, oh, you know in, in, in my house uh, often I every morning I combine either coffee or mate.
1: I, I know it well. I, I lived with an Argentinian this summer actually oh, really? in Pajo during uh, or this past summer during the pandemic and uh, and he drank it all the time. So uh, so yeah, I get. Cool. That. <laughs> well, uh, well i'm I'm glad to, to be chatting with you today. Um, you, you've been a serial entrepreneur, started a few companies in the past. Um, would love to hear your journey on how you became an entrepreneur in the first place and what inspired you?
0: Sure. Um, Yeah, I grew up in Argentina and, you know, I think that since I was a kid, I was very entrepreneurial. I was always, you know, getting involved in projects. Um, For example, you know, I had a band when I was in high school and, uh, you know, having a rock band is almost like a startup, right? You have to get gigs, you have to, you know, coordinate with other people and, um, and, 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 you know, you learn what it takes to get something from zero to one, right? Um, but then I only became a uh, a true entrepreneur um when I was uh, in New York um after doing my master's in Europe, I came to New York to do an internship and I just got fascinated by the energy of the city and this idea of startups right I hadn't heard uh startups and angel investors and all these all these concepts and I was like, well that's so cool you can you can come up with an idea and then some people will give you money to make it that i I, I want to be part of that. So, but I had no idea what I was doing. Um, my first startup idea was a mobile app to book hostels. I was coming from being a backpacker in Europe and uh, having to book hostels sitting on the computer, you know on the desktop computer of the previous hostel. Um, and smartphones were starting to you know become very uh, popular. and so, with a friend, we came together and we we built uh, a little app to to book hostels. Um, And then I went to try to raise capital and I got rejected by hundreds of people because uh, I, you know, first, my English was terrible at the time. But secondly, I had no idea how to pitch a business. But then with persistence, we eventually ended up raising some funding, building a team, growing our business. And eventually that company got acquired by a larger student travel company um, based in Boston. Um, and, and that was my first entrepreneurial adventure.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. And then, uh, and then after that, I mean, you've had a few, so after that, you jumped into the, uh,
0: yeah. space, right? Exactly. After that, I started a second company that almost happened accidentally because I lost a suitcase going to visit my family in Argentina. And I started thinking, you know, how can millions of suitcases get lost every year by airlines and they don't know where it goes, where where the suitcases go, right? So that led me to the idea of a smart connected suitcase. And I was seeing, you know, smart watches, smart thermostats. And I asked, you know, how come there's no smart suitcase? So I, I, I just told this idea to a friend of mine and my friend basically forced me to start that company. He told me, man, this is such a good idea, let's do it. I have experience going to China. He had done another company that entailed manufacturing things in China. And, and we were like, well, okay, let's launch a crowdfunding campaign and let's see if this is something that people want. So we launched a, a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo and 10,000 people pre-purchased the product. And so that was a huge validation. Uh, we did a video that kind of went viral on YouTube. And so I was off to the races again, building a new company um, that led me to move to China. I lived one year in Hong Kong um, and then came back to California. Um, and that company flew quite high until the airlines decided to ban lithium-ion batteries, which uh, at the time were having some issues on Samsung phones and airplanes. So from one day to another, our products were banned and uh, which was quite hard, you know, it's, you know, no entrepreneur can expect their products to be banned. uh, But that's happened to us. And we had to sell the company in kind of a fire sale, to be honest. But we were able to minimize the losses and try to, you know, get uh, our our team members placed in in the buying company and, and protect the customers as much as we could. And that's how that story ended. Um, and then I took a sabbatical, and I was uh, I disappeared from the world for a, a year and a half, almost two, to really think what I wanted to do with my life. And then I came back to the arena with this new project called Pachama that I'm building now.
1: Yeah, well, and and um, I I think that 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 whole story just speaks to your your versatility as an entrepreneur to go from a you know a marketplace style mobile app based business to. A hardware product, right? And then probably some experiences, you know, selling your first company and then having to, mm. uh, you know, really probably uh, wind down your, your second company in a way yeah. as, as, and, and remarkable experiences to have, you know. And, and, and yeah.
0: Right.
1: Well, you know, we first connected, as you remember, in, in 2019 when I saw you were doing Pachama. And, and that's yeah. because um, it reminded me of my first startup, SREC Trade, uh, which mm-hmm. producers of solar credits with buyers who needed to meet state uh, state laws, right? And, mm-hmm. and I remember being struck by what you're trying to do because around that time in 2010, in 2010, when I was in the midst of building this business, um, I, we looked at carbon credits and we looked at some of the stuff happening in that space and really, I, I ran into two issues. One is at the time, the uh, legislation was stalling around creating any kind of mandatory requirements. So yeah. we operated in a state where there are state laws and producers had to meet requirements. And so there was a natural marketplace there. And the other yeah. issue is that measuring solar energy is much easier to do because you know what a kilowatt hour is. It's easier easier to measure. Whereas yeah. carbon was very complex and difficult. And um, and, and then I, 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 I'd never really seen anything that made a lot of sense to me until I came across your business and uh we'd love to hear how you you know have managed to kind of build Pachama with that um you know solving that pain point and and with those kind of headwinds
0: yeah 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 well to go and step back you know to to what you were saying earlier about my journey I one of my biggest conclusions from building these first two companies is that I could you know, get into a world that I had no idea about, such as hostel booking or luggage manufacturing, and just you know, start asking, "Hey, why this is not done this way?" You know, and you know, with an understanding of what were the latest technologies that could be used to improve a solution uh, for a certain problem, I could you know try to build something that could be accepted by the market. So. Then during this, this time of uh, sabbatical that I took, I became very worried about climate change and I became very worried about forest destruction. You know, I saw the way that we continue to lose forest in South America, where I'm originally from, and, you know, the Amazon rainforest is being destroyed at a very, very alarming rate. Last year alone, we lost the size of the UK of uh, primary forest. So. I came to to this company or to the idea of the company asking how come if forest is such an important solution to climate change, not only we are not regrowing forests, which we should be doing, is such a, a multi-beneficial solution, but actually we continue to destroy forests. So that was that was kind of like the, the prompt question that I started with. And what I learned is that well nobody's paying for keeping a forest standing or for growing a forest, right? But then on asking more, I got this, you know, uh, deep about carbon markets. And I was like, well, there is this emerging market by which companies are paying to compensate their carbon emissions and to remove CO2 from the atmosphere. And actually, if you are protecting or restoring a forest, you can receive carbon credits. And then that led me into a rabbit hole of investigating how this market worked and seeing that the market had an enormous potential, but that potential was in a way being uh, constricted by the lack of tools that could make it scale. And those tools were technologies that were available only very recently, such as satellite images, artificial intelligence, and cloud computing, and the internet, right? so. The idea for Pachama is to put those technologies at the service of scaling the verification and monitoring of forest restoration and conservation projects to be used as effective carbon credit units that, you know, then companies can invest in to achieve their climate goals. But I think that to your point, timing is always a key aspect of uh, any endeavor, right? And I think that we started in 2018. 2019 was a year of a lot of awareness about climate change, and uh, a lot of uh, government pressure and public opinion pressure on corporations to, you know, do something about climate change. So the last two and three or three years have seen a huge growth of pledges and commitments by uh, the biggest companies in the world to achieve net zero which means reducing their emissions and then compensating the rest. And there is also growing uh, regulation on on every jurisdiction after the Paris Agreement. Um, so I think that the timing is, 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 is right. And frankly, we don't have a lot of time. We have the next two decades to figure out climate change or humanity is gonna be facing the biggest crisis the COVID crisis is gonna be dwarf compared to the climate crisis if we don't act effectively during the next two decades. So I think it was a combination of right timing um, and discovering uh, a part of the climate solution landscape that needed the technologies that were ready to serve them.
1: Yeah, and, and you're really um, building this incredible infrastructure for a marketplace to kind of grow on top of that. And I think that, that's exactly. really, it's really great. And it, So it sounds like you've also got these Overarching, um, you know, uh, bigger movements happening that are that are creating yeah. of the demand there. So uh, really great that that's all coming together for you. Um, as as you as you think about building that, um, that 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 business, you know, you're you're essentially operating a double-sided marketplace, right? You have buyers right. and sellers. Um, yeah. where, where did you think to focus first and how did you initially approach that and and you know what was the first problem you're trying to tackle because that's really kind of the key to getting started, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a chicken and egg problem, right? What do you get first, the chicken or the eggs? And in our case, it was, well, let's try to get the two things at the same time, um, but let's start with a very focused uh, approach. So we started on the demand side with technology startups in Silicon Valley that we knew because of Y Combinator, which is this accelerator here in California. So we started to pitch to every uh, YC startup, hey, have you thought of compensating your carbon footprint? And it actually can can be quite affordable for a company to be carbon neutral. So we started that on the demand side. And then on the supply side, we went to South America, where I'm from originally, and we started I started asking for connections to forest owners that had certified already carbon credits and to pitch to them, uh, eh, look guys, you know, if you let me analyze your project with satellite data, I can introduce you to companies in California that want to buy your credits. And then we got some projects in Peru that said, yeah, that'll be cool. So that's how, you know, I started getting the the, the flywheel to turn. Um, and yeah, today we have, hundreds of uh, companies compensating their footprint with us and uh, dozens of projects in nine different countries um, that are listing their projects in our platform and are being monitored by our satellite data.
1: That's great. That's great. And and what was that like, though? You know, I'm thinking about... You're going to market to Y Combinator startups, which are all, I'm, I'm sure, really great companies. But yeah. um, if I think about the type of companies in my mind that would be more likely to invest in being carbon neutral, yeah, I wouldn't think of a startup that is probably not profitable yet and still in the fundraising. So did you yeah. have success there? And, and what were those conversations
0: like? Yeah, you know, I think that one of the things that YC tells you, Y Combinator tells you, is that you have to start with whoever mm-hmm. is the most likely to, to give you money right to, yeah. to, to sign into your project and to, to be a, an early adopter right So you're right even though startups, technology startups number one are not the biggest polluters, number two are don't have you know profits probably at the beginning, the founders are young uh, people who are thinking about business in a new way, right They are thinking, you know, when I start a company, it's not just a, to make profit, but it's also to have a positive impact in the world. So I spoke directly to founders, right? And I could convince the founders, hey, it's never too early uh, for you as a company leader to start making a positive impact in the world. And that was, you know, my way to to convince them, right? Um, but you yeah,
1: you have one decision maker usually, rather than having exactly. And if it's a, if
0: it's coming from the founder, <laughs> generally yeah. things happen, right? So
1: yeah, and you, and, and I mean, you were, um, at this stage, you're trying to build both sides up, so you probably just needed enough traction from founders, too, to be able to go and develop yeah. the, the supply side of your market. Exactly. Um, as, as, as as the as you started to get some transactions happening and some, some traction there, um, you know, it, as you continue to build up that market, do you focus on serving tools that serve the suppliers more than the, the buyers or is it kind of even both ways like is there one part that you're like if we really nail this for one side of the yeah. market the rest is going to take care of itself
0: yeah i know i wish it was that simple uh, but it's not you have to serve the two sides um and you know we kind of like now we are reaching at scale in which we can have a team focus on the supply and a team focus on the demand for some time we focus on the demand side first because that was what was going to get us traction and validation, but now we're focusing a lot on the supply side and really not only on existing suppliers, but on helping generate more suppliers, right? So how do we, you know, if we are really to solve climate change, we need thousands of new forests being started today. Um, As the Chinese saying goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the second best time is today, right? So uh, we need to start forests um, right now and we're building tools for that, for, for landowners to start forests.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and as you, um, I, I mean, I imagine that that's a large enough business right there. Do you see yourself taking on any other technologies or are you mostly focused right now on, on forests and deforestation? <laughs> For
0: now, we're solely focused on forest. Uh, forest is a big enough um, space. There is two billion hectares in the planet that can be restored as forest. But our mission and our passion is nature. And beyond forest, there is oceans that can be conserved. There is peatlands and wetlands. There is agriculture. You know, Agriculture is part of the equation because generally the driver of deforestation is agriculture, right? So, yeah. Um, there's many places where we could expand in the future.
1: Well, I, I'm really into fly fishing, and we're we're always complaining about the rivers that get dammed around uh, different
0: yeah. countries.
1: So that's that's definitely something that's near and dear to my heart is uh, protecting rivers. So uh, yeah, yeah, very excited that that that's a place you might move into. Um, so you know, pretty exciting that you're 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 building out these tools. Um, you're working with corporations. I, I imagine we see a, a pretty um, interesting list of. Companies such as World Surf League, Shopify, Microsoft now. So you're no longer just uh, touching the the YC startups. Um, you know, how, how do you get into those companies? What's your what's your customer acquisition approach there, and and who yeah. you're talking to, and what does that look
0: like? So it's starting to happen that they're coming to us, which is very exciting for us because for a long time it was us knocking on doors, right? But um, yeah, generally the sustainability team. Uh, you know, large companies have sustainability teams, and sustainability teams are tasked with the, you know, challenge of uh, figuring out the carbon accounting of the company, plans to reduce, um, and plans to compensate. And generally, they reach out to us, and we start a, a relationship, really, on, in which we help them navigate the the world of carbon removal and carbon offsetting. And then, when they're ready to 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 make a purchase, we we present them with projects on our marketplace. Um, but we're also trying to make it easier for anybody, to be honest. We think that we want to democratize access to you know um, carbon markets and to supporting forest restoration and conservation to anybody. So we're going to be building tools for small businesses and for even consumers, anybody that could you know then decide to go and, and put money to compensate their carbon footprint and protect the forest. Yeah, that
1: that's great. You know, and Zendesk does a lot of um, social good stuff, and and uh, would love to see one of the things we get to do at um, at times is is uh, go and donate money to different causes, and we have a platform. Yeah. That and I, I could I could see this being a natural fit for that platform. Yeah. Um,
0: totally.
1: So that's great. Um, and then so so that sales process right now is, would you say it's it's months
0: or weeks or months or. Does it take a year
1: to to, to do that? What does that
0: look like? Sometimes it takes a year, to be honest. Sometimes, you know, some companies make the decisions once a year and others make it more frequently. But yeah, sometimes it takes a year or more and we are willing to to go that way to develop the relationship. You know, this is about trust as well. The way that we are mostly trying to build trust is through satellite database reports but you also build trust by you know understanding the problems and coming out with solutions to the problems so so yeah that that does take time and so yeah building building a company like ours takes um patience and and a long term view mm- mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and and you know I, I know this story from hearing it last year, but speaking of someone that understands the problem like firsthand, you, you had quite the firsthand experience with uh, some of the effects of climate change there in the, in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Uh, yeah. love for you to share that story for, for everybody.
0: Yeah. Uh, my house burned down um, last year uh, on the Santa Cruz Mountains fires. Um, The the whole area where I live, uh, you know, 97% of the forest burned down, uh, 300 houses uh, burned down and um, yeah, someone told me climate change came and knocked on my door, right? And say, hey, I'm here. What are you going to do about it? Right. And and not that I needed any more motivation because I was already building Pachama, but this made it very, very personal um, and it just increase my determination to dedicate the rest of my life to this because I know that what happened to me can happen to millions of people in the next few decades. And, uh, fortunately I had a safety net of family and friends that could support me, uh, through the time, but, um, but it was tough. I lost everything. I lost everything I ever owned. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember you were very honest about that in the, in I think it was a medium post that you, you, you put up last, last year. And I remember reading that and being affected because, um, uh, I think you were the only, the first person in my my, my personal network that mm. I'd come across. Yeah. Where this like really directly impacted them. Yeah. For everybody else, it had been a scare, you know, the orange skies and all that. But this was yeah. really you. And man, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. think of a person who de- deserves that less, mm. uh, you know, mm. than, than you. And given uh, all the work that you're doing. Mm. And, Thank um, you.
0: Yeah. But, you know, as I said, it's. It's a reality that is happening, and it's not only happening in California, it's happening in Brazil, it's happening in Argentina, it's happening in Australia, it's happening in Russia, and it's going to happen uh, in different ways and forms. You know, in some cases, it's going to be fires. In other cases, it's going to be sea level rise. In other cases, it's going to be desertification and, you know, dry season for farmers. So um, climate change is the first challenge that affects all of us, 7 billion people. Right. So um, if my story serves as a reminder, I think it's a positive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. I mean, um, you know, it, uh, as I mentioned early, we um, one of the differences between your market and, and the one that I was working on in the solar mm-hmm. industry was the lack of laws in place. And hopefully those laws do come um, mm-hmm. into play. Um, I, are you spending a lot of your time I know like you're in the day-to-day of building a startup making sure mm-hmm. that you're executing on the things you're trying to execute on um, I know some of the demand being created in the markets probably happening organically as well just mm-hmm. with the broader trends but are you getting pulled into a lot of things to be a spokesperson and and um, uh, what, what does that look like what, what have some of the experiences you've had there look like
0: yeah I mean definitely I, I, I've been amazed by the interest that there is on on our work. Um, and I think it's, again, people want solutions to climate change, right? It's easy to to point out the problem and to point out to the problems on both uh, the causes of climate change and the and the flow solutions of the past, but it's a lot harder. And what the world really needs is solutions, right? So um, I've been pool to, to speak about, you know, uh, what we're building and, and and other solutions to climate change a lot. And yeah, I'm trying to balance being a spokesperson for climate tech, but also, uh, you know, just not getting too distracted and remembering that it's, you know, the best way I can contribute is just by staying focused on building a company. But it is refreshing to see the level of interest of so many different people in different industries um, to do something and to support Ideas like ours.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I would imagine, especially after what we've all been through collectively over the last year or so, it's been. Yeah. A, yeah. You know, now's the time to be thinking about things beyond like what's right in front of you, right? Um, Correct. Correct. So that's great. Um. Uh, w- what, one of the most um, interesting things that we, uh, as we were looking at your business as well, um, that we see is you're also in- enabling indigenous groups, farmers, mm-hmm. and a much wider range of people to yeah. um, force their lands and be better compensated for doing so. Um, can, you, can you share a little bit more on, on how um, you're supporting local communities, some of the stuff you're seeing um, yeah. you know, in the rainforests like the Amazon, for example?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the wonderful things about these market this idea is that not only you are sequestering co2 from the atmosphere you are also redistributing wealth to the local communities that are actually the best guardians of the forest Um, and those sometimes are indigenous communities sometimes is local farmers sometimes is you know um landowners that you know the alternative for them is to cut down the forest and do monoculture, agriculture, right? So um, to give you one story in particular, there is one project in Brazil that is uh, protecting um, thousands of uh, hectares of forest. And the way that they protect it is by empowering local people to get an income from protecting the forest through doing regenerative activities in the forest. And that entails education, entails uh technical training and um so in this project in particular there are hundreds of families that are benefiting from from this carbon market. Um another story that we're aware of here in California is the Yukon tribe that you uh, contrive that as a result of carbon markets were able to expand their, their land ownership, right? So um so yeah I mean for us it's very important. I'm actually a descendant of indigenous people of South America um, and so for me it's really important to consider the the role of indigenous people on on, on protecting the forest and on considering their rights and their world views as well.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, it's just remarkable to see a business that touches so many different people in different places you know uh, and making an impact uh, across so many different communities uh, that, that's really great. Thank um, you. So you've mentioned YC a couple of times, you know Y Combinator, mm. and um, it, it sounds like that's been a big part of your experience as well. Um, mm. Did you? Um, did, what were? Your, uh, what was your experience like going through it? What were yeah. your expectations going in, and kind of what? Uh, what was different than what you were expecting as you as you went through that process?
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of YC. Uh, I think that. Uh, by the way, you don't have to get into Y Combinator to learn from them. You know they've been very generous and sharing so much knowledge about how to start a startup. If you go to YouTube and, and type how to start a startup, they have an entire startup school um, uh, you know with content about how to go about it. And what I would say about Y Combinator is they are they force you to focus on the important things and to not focus on the non important things. The important thing they always remind you is make something people want, make, make, go build a product that solves the problem of someone and be very honest about whether that is the case or not. And then they focus to, to focus, um, on, you know, building a team and uh, building the right team, getting the right investors. And then, um, they, they also encourage you to think big, you know, I remember when I had my office hours with Paul Graham, who is the mm-hmm. founder of Y Combinator. Yeah, of and he he made us think bigger. You know, he he told me and my co-founder, guys, this can be bigger than Airbnb because you could help drive all the money that is needed to solve climate change into planting trees and beyond that. And, and we were like, oh, wow, Paul Graham thinks that we can be bigger than Airbnb? Wow. <laughs> so it also, you know... It, Encourages to think big. It encourages to believe in yourself, right? When you're starting a startup, is you know, is is a, a leap of faith, and you need that that type of uh, encouragement.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every bit of confidence helps as you go through that. Um, yeah. And 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 what do you think? You know, as you as you as you were preparing for for the process and going into YC. Um, yeah you know, what was that interview process like? What yeah. what tips would you have for
0: founders that are, yeah. that are thinking about going through that journey as well? Yeah. Well, I think that you have to show as much evidence as possible that you can make things, right? Uh, anybody can have an idea, but making an idea happen, um, building something is not something that anybody can do, right? So if you show up to them saying, I have this great idea, is a lot less powerful than if you can, you say, look, I built this, And there is a hundred people who are using it and loving it. And it doesn't have to be a hundred thousand. It can be a hundred people that love your product. That's another advice that YC gives. It's better to have a hundred people that love you than a thousand people that kind of like you. Right. So, and then the second thing is just try to think how this can be really big. Right. Um, It used to be impossible that, you know, in my case, uh, a young immigrant from South America could you know, ever dream of building a global company that can have a big impact in the world. But now it's not impossible. Now with, you know, technologies such as the internet and AI and um, you know, software in general, um, anybody can dream up of a really big idea and, and you know, get started. So I think I try to think how big your idea could be and, and don't be afraid of, of dream big yeah, that's great advice.
1: We, uh, we see a lot of, uh, you know, in our Zendesk for startups program, we see a ton of companies from all over the globe applying and, and there's been a lot of growth there. And, um, yeah, and of course, uh, you know, YC certainly been a, a big, uh, uh, a big influence too in our program as well as we see a lot of companies coming in from there.
0: Yeah. My, my final advice that I would put out there to new entrepreneurs is try to build a company that is good for the world for real, right? Uh, try to build companies that uh, we don't need more stuff, we don't need more emissions in the world, right? We need solutions to problems, you know, and, and climate change is a big one. But there are many other problems, health, education, food, um, build companies that solve the biggest problems of humanities, and I'm sure that you're going to build a, a a successful business, but you can also be happier. Building a, a company that does good in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you, I, I certainly agree with that, and um, you know, it's been a big inspiration for me as I've gone through my career as well. Um, but really, really great advice. Um, so, so one, we want to close out with a few questions that we love to ask uh, for um, uh, of our founders, and um, you know, the first one is, you know, as, as you think about just coming, bring it back to Zendesk a little bit. When you, when yeah. you think of customer service and you're requesting customer service from a company. Um, what's your go-to channel for customer service? Do you, do you prefer to make a phone call? Are you the kind of person who's just always writing emails or text messages? Like what, what do you, what, what's your experience been there usually?
0: Yeah. And, and I'm a big fan of Sendisk. I must say, um, I'm kind of a more writing message, uh, person. I don't like, uh, you know, calling on the phone to companies to solve my issues. And, and yeah, I think the tools that you guys are building make it easier to get Faster responses from companies, right? Um, And yeah, you know, I I often think that uh, for, and this applies as advice for entrepreneurs, what happens after you buy a product or a service is what really matters, right? Not what happened before, right? So many companies spend billions of dollars in marketing and branding and not so much on customer support, right? And I think that in the future, we're going to see a shift to more customer support.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know that that especially uh, a trend that we saw over the past year, you know, with COVID and and a lot of companies having to buckle down and figure out how they're taking care of their customers through this time. And yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's been a great time, I think, for us to to be in that space and be able to contribute yeah. to that conversation. Totally. Um, so ne-
0: next question is what's your what's your favorite book and why. It's very difficult for me to choose one single book because I'm an avid reader. Um, And frankly, I I have new books all the time. But let me think of one that I have read recently that uh, I've been recommending a lot. Let's see. Um, Well, I was reading last night uh, a book called Conscious Leadership, 15 Principles for Conscious Leadership. Um, I think it's a subtitle. And I like it a lot. I think that we need new paradigms for leadership, and this book presents a new one that I like a lot. Yeah,
1: oh, that's great. That's great. Any, uh, any, any insights from that that you you think that you're going to try and start to? Yeah.
0: Well, I think uh, the main message is really self-awareness. Be aware of your emotions. You know, uh, create the separation between your ego and your higher self, and act from there. Um, you know uh responsibility taking full responsibility of your life um and uh integrity you know keep your word if you say something do it Uh, say what you think say and you know speak your truth always um those are some of the things that come to my mind
1: yeah very very important um that's great and then the last one uh if you could invite anyone for a dinner party who would you invite and why
0: um, I'd love to spend time with Yvonne Chouinard, the CEO of Patagonia. Okay.
1: Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> that's a great one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, I I, uh, I would
1: agree with you on that. He's uh, he's he, he's he's an avid fly fisherman in addition to all the other greats. True, stuff. and a climber. I mean, yeah, yeah, climber yeah, definitely. I'm a big fan of that that choice. Um, well, well, that's great. Well, that's great. Well, well, Diego, it's been a pleasure having you um, personally. Um, just uh, and and I know the audience is going to love this discussion. So, uh, was really glad to be able to talk to you about this stuff, and um, really appreciate you having on.
0: So, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, guys.